Yeah, it's Buku One here. One thing I know, every good podcast deserves its own theme song. Oh, for sure. And this one most definitely deserves its own theme song. We changing the game on the name, put respect. Uncle Dad talks, yeah, live and direct. What did you expect from the two fly guys? One love Kevin Smith, one or more is Golden Eye. Mike's the level-headed, baby gave edits. Uncle Dad gets nervous all the time, but to his credit, he's clever. Spring stuff on Mike on a daily. can mangle up a name amazingly. The range of events and topics makes it hard to stop listening. So why even attempt it? From bare knuckle fighting to Grammy songwriting to Burning Man flames. To firefighter video games and many, many more than I could put in a verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse. And many, many more than I could put in one verse. Just subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse. Yes. You heard it first here. Show did. Tion Buku 1, aka Mr. Generous. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm Uncle Dad and with me is not Mike, but it's Ha Young, the intern. We are hanging out at day one of GDC, as we've been announced. This is kind of our quick recap. Uh, today was all about the sessions. We are actually in a conference room that doesn't have a roof, so that's one of the reasons why I'm a little quiet right now. So, Ha Young, mm-hmm. just tell us, go over the things we went over today, the, what sessions we went over. Yeah, so for session one, we decided to go to a free-to-play summit that talked about the Art of Blood Hunt, the game. Um, Which is by Vampire the Masquerade, and the developer is Shark Mob. Mm-hmm. And then the speaker was Rodrigo Cortez, who was the art the design. All you had to say was he worked there. That's good okay, enough. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, go ahead. But let's, well, you can dive into each of that in a little bit. Let's okay. just dive into what... The subjects were. So okay. that was subject one. Yeah, yeah. Subject two was. And then the session two was about graphic designing and it was focused on Cyberpunk 2077. Specifically about the lighting. Mm-hmm. And then subject three. It was focused on facial animation. Which was for what game? Guardians of the Galaxy. And it was hosted by who? It was hosted by Eidos Montreal. 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 And then subject four. It was um, a game narrative summit, which focused on like a new take on romantic and sexual narrative design. And that was hosted by? Um, Michelle Klo. You got it right. So let's start from the top. Um, you kind of already talked about it. So let's talk about uh, session one. Mm-hmm. I found that pretty fascinating. I'm a big fan of Vampire the Masquerade. I've actually have always... I never played the tabletop RPG, but I was really big into the graphic novels. Well, sorry, not graphic novels, but the comic books and the... What are they called? Visual novels. Mm. I played them on the Switch a lot. I had a lot of fun. And I was a huge fan of the game Bloodlines, which uh-huh. was on the original Xbox and PC back uh-huh. in early 2000. So it was kind of cool to see them talk about Blood Hunt. I haven't played Blood Hunt yet, but yeah. it has to do with that Battle Royale style game, right? right? Kind of like Fortnite. Mm-hmm, yeah. What was your... We got to see something special, and that was an unreleased um, concept video Yeah. of the original idea of Blood, Blood Hunt. Hunt. Yeah. What were your thoughts of that concept video? Um, I, I really liked how realistic it looked, like with all the, the blood and when the vampire was actually biting into the human, it was, it was a lot realistic than I thought it was like. Yeah. To be fair, it was a CG trailer. Uh, it wasn't gameplay trailer. So let's make that clear. Yeah. Because it did look really good, but it looked good because it was CG trailer. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun to see. I didn't realize that it's a Swedish team. So that was interesting too. 
Um, but it was kind of cool learning about how a free-to-play game, you know, can have so much content behind it, yeah. but then make, but be created to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it's a fascinating idea. It's almost like almost like podcasting or anything free, right? The YouTube, podcasting, whatever, right? Just streaming. It's like if you do it right, you can make money out of it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's cool. That is. Uh, let's go to session two. Yep. And that was on Cyberpunk. Now, I'll be honest, everybody. I was kind of falling asleep. <laughs> I just, you know, but that keeps it real. Keeps it real. And uh, and not that it wasn't, inter- not that it wasn't interesting because it was pretty interesting. But the issue for me was that it got a little too technical. And for yeah. somebody who's not a game programmer or designer, it was just a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, I couldn't really take it in like everybody else could. Yeah. Um, but it was still fascinating to learn how involved lighting is. Oh, yeah. Especially in a game like, now you've never played Cyberpunk, right? No. Have you seen it? I have seen it. So, but you've seen it before today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, there's a lot of neon lights. Yeah. And neon lights have a very specific lighting feeling oh, and yeah. look to it. Yep. And it's hard to replicate that. It is. And when they talk about it and how they, how they did that, and how, I didn't even realize how that lighting was expensive. And they were talking about how much it costs to make lighting. And it's it's interesting learning all about that. And then also how you think about the idea of like light if you're walking, right? The perspective. Perspective of the light yeah. has to change. Mm-hmm. And you know, gaming back in the day never worried about that. Right. And now you're seeing games kind of dive into that where it's like, yeah, you know, well, does it does it look does it look real? Because exactly. if it doesn't he can move forward, but the light's not moving with him in the right way, it doesn't it's look, look awkward. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> what did you what did you take from that? Um, I just I was actually really fascinated by how in depth they were about lighting and like the the softwares that they have to use to create the scenery and stuff like that was really interesting to me yeah what i also took from it too is that if you're not comfortable talking to people mm-hmm. you can definitely drum people out because that's one of my biggest complaint about that oh, was that you yeah. can tell they weren't comfortable talking to people right. so because they weren't comfortable talking to people it was very like a you know reading like a script. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why the presentation came off a little, I don't want to say boring, but dull, I guess yeah. is the word. Not that makes as sense? intriguing. Yes. Yeah. Definitely not as intriguing. Now, session three. Um, Session three was... Which I think was one of the coolest ones we looked at. The Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. The, the game, about, the game. Yeah. Yeah, make it clear. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. actually, the game we're talking about is the newest one to come out uh, from Eidos. Not the... I don't know if you knew this, but there was also a Telltale Games. Oh, I didn't know Guardians that. Guardians of the Galaxy. And then there was... um. I think that's it. But then obviously the movies. And oh, TV. so this is the newest, latest yeah. one. Okay, um, gotcha. And they talked about basically facial animations and how mm-hmm. they capture animations, uh, the rigs they used and the equipment they used. I found that so fascinating because it is crazy to think that we can visually capture a character or a, a human acting yeah, and then transfer that into a video game. And that game is very cinematic. Like it feels like a, like a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. but it also feels like a game. If that right. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved playing that game. I, I, I never finished it, but I, I loved the, the acting, and I liked how they were showing like more behind-the-scenes stuff. So they were mm-hmm. talking about how to get the actors ready. They had to record what's called a facial ROM. And basically what that was was like a, like a vocal exercise. Yep. But, it was, but really it was actually for the face mm-hmm. to kind of record how the face is going to move to create the character profile right. so that they know what they're working with. So I found that pretty fascinating. I also liked how they dived into Cosmo the Dog because they didn't, they couldn't record the face of the dog, but they recorded the body yeah. of the dog. Didn't they record two dogs? Yes, they did. But have you seen the pictures? The pictures? There's pictures of it online, and uh, it's a golden retriever in a mocap suit. Oh, <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I definitely, if you haven't seen that picture, look it up. But I thought that was really cool. What did you take from all that? I thought it was funny to watch the, really? <laughs> the video samples. Yeah. <laughs> of like the because actors. they're so like, you always have to overact. Yeah, right? the facial expressions yeah, yeah. were very um, exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> like smirk, smirk right, smirk left, smirk right, smirk left. <laughs> I oh. actually saw one of the actors move like the opposite way oh, when really? they said to like smirk left. They went right. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't notice that. That's funny. But yeah, so I would definitely say it gave me a bigger or a better appreciation for for um, that world of animation, or I guess how to just capture, yeah, ca- capturing ap- animations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the final one of the day, which was pretty, inter- I thought was pretty interesting, was uh, say it one more time. I'm sorry. Um, it's uh, it's featuring Michelle Clo. Yes, but what was the title? Again? Game Narrative Summit. Um, it's focusing on kindness coins mm-hmm. or a chemistry casino. Okay, so when when we first heard about this one, we thought it was gonna be more about the direction of how to create a good love scene or whatever. At least that's what I thought. I don't yeah, know. me too. Um, but it turns out it dives into a concept and how we can better tell a story without kind of, I guess, I don't know, I don't know if degrading is the word, but treating women like if we give a a an, an intangible currency mm-hmm. that they will give us what we want, right? Or yeah. not even women, but just your preferred sex. Yeah. And, and I never and I never really thought about that in gaming before, but it's true. It's like a good a good example would be like in Mass Effect. If you do the right things every time, like be nice every time, mm. they will fall in love with you. Mm-hmm. They do whatever. Same thing with Dragon Age, The Witcher. All those games do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have games like Fallout, and this is kind of their, their to her point was instead of doing the kindness coin method, is to do like a chemistry, I think casino or no chemistry tower, tower. card tower, right? Yeah. yeah. And the idea is that what if the NPC had feelings and wants, essentially, exactly. for what they wanted, and you had to figure out what, mm-hmm. they, what those were mm-hmm. in order to get that romantic involvement, mm-hmm. which is very much, I would say, like dating. Yeah. So what was your thoughts on, uh, well, actually, as being a woman, what, what is your thoughts uh, of like seeing that? Was that, did it, was it eye-opening? Was something you ever thought before? It was definitely not something that I didn't think about um, I thought it was nice that they were able to bring more openness to romantic relationships in games and then make it more realistic for, you know, society nowadays, sure. especially because, you know, there's like the LGBTQ community and sure, things sure, like sure. that. And it was just nice to see there was more choices, I guess, and more like randomness kind of. Sure. But it's also a great concept for a living humanity because yeah. just like I said, as you being a woman, right, it's like. You don't want just like somebody just to be nice to you and nice to you and nice to you yeah. to expect something out of it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's more complex than that. I mean, but but it but but the idea of, of kindness coins was that. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. But but it shouldn't be like that, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying it should be like that. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that was a fascinating take on all that and how you could see that this is something you probably in gaming it can reflect not only in gaming but also can reflect in life but mm-hmm. on the flip side of things and she had a good point on this too is that it is also a fantasy right and i think if you're doing your fantasy safely i think it's okay it's just but there's probably better ways to do it rather than just being so cut and dry like here is money here's here's a hundred dollars every time and then or nine hundred dollars let's say here's a gift here's yeah. niceness here's whatever yeah. and then eventually you give the, the player gets what they want yeah. just by being nice there should be more into that mm-hmm. right yeah Specific wants, needs, what yeah. they expect, yeah. the right choices. I think that's kind of what, what 
I got from that. And I found it interesting, too, that she used a lot of memes in her presentation. <laughs> did you notice that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I loved like, it. I was like, all right, you're definitely going for the younger generation here. <laughs> but I did find that interesting as well. What I really liked a lot was how it, I didn't... <laughs> I liked how we had two in real life, mm-hmm. and the other two we were there physically, mm-hmm. but they were they were via Zoom. Yeah, I was gonna hope we didn't comment on that, and I was like, two of them were virtual, like we were physically there, right? But they were hosted virtually. Yeah. So I found that interesting as well, and I kind of dug that because it kind of still shows you that we're living in this time capsule. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But all in all, day one as it really wrap it up here, um, what was your take on everything so far? There, you enjoying it? Are you excited to see what tomorrow has? Tomorrow's going to be a busy day. So tomorrow, and when we say tomorrow, uh, it'll be a part of episode one or part one. And that will be where we interview developers and tech designers for their products. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll still be just me and uh, Ha Young, but Mike will be joining us. And I think he'll appear on part two of this episode. Um, but yeah, what did you uh, what did you think? Yeah, overall, um, all the sessions that we went to were very eye-opening and a lot of them, I, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. So I think I definitely learned a lot more about like game development. Like it also, what opens, goes on it also it. opens your mind, right? Yeah. Because then you're like, hmm, I never thought about that exactly. concept. Like, especially when you're playing the games, like yeah. you don't you don't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was nice to see that. For, absolutely. Um, yeah. So we will be back um, tomorrow, or I guess in your case, after this music break. And when we come back, we will talk more about GDC Day 2. Uh, we'll have interviews with a bunch of guests, and we will also... I think have maybe one or two uh, sessions to talk about as well. Today we tackled the, the f- four main themes, and that was free to play, visual arts, uh, narrative, and do you remember the other one? <laughs> I, I keep forgetting that other one. Me too. It's all right. Well, that's all we do is forget things here. <laughs> free to play. Um, graphic? You say no, graphic. that was visual arts, yeah. Animation. Animation, yes, yeah. animation. So we got those down, but I think there's like three or four more we haven't done yet. So let's see if we can at least get one of each category in, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll chat about it. But yeah, we'll see you guys all uh, after this break. All right, everybody. Uncle Dad here at GDC uh, with my guest of uh, Dinosaur Polo Club. Uh, mm-hmm. His name, is, and I'm going to mess it up. I know I am because we just practiced and I messed it up. But Rich Veland. Rich Vreeland. Vreeland. Yes. That that it's like an R, right? Or no? Yeah, VR. That's what gets me right there. It's yeah. that R, man. I'm also not... go, but also have made a lot of audio and music work under the name Disasterpiece. Okay, so yeah. I can just call you that instead. No, just call me Rich. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rich, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. That's good, man. Now you, you just told me this is your 11th year. This here. is my 11th time. That is amazing. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people who who are here right now have been here probably at least more than 10 years, right? It seems like it. Like a lot of veterans, and I'm over here as my second time. Mm. Like, like. No, whoa. I mean, I think it's. I think it's every. You know, it's every amount, right? It's. Yeah. And the conference has been around now for. 22, 20, 25 years. 25 30, years. It's since the early 90s, so wow. I think so. That's probably almost 30, 30 years oh my gosh uh yeah. yeah it's crazy and i remember like reading about it when i was a kid about like how it was such a a big part of the gaming industry and it still mm-hmm. has never kind of stopped for that so it's kind of nice being a part of it and kind of learning from other people in the industry so i mm-hmm. uh, thank you again for coming on the show i really appreciate that yeah, yeah my pleasure uh so let's talk about well, let's talk about you first because uh sure. you told me some interesting facts about you so you've worked in a bunch of different industries um yeah. can we kind of like dive into some of your work sure yeah so um you know i have a my background is music um and so uh, i've been working on music in games for the longest uh, that's kind of where i started went to school for 
for music uh, up, up in Boston at Berkeley College. And um, that's kind of where I got, that's where I started to get involved in video games. Um, it's where I, you know, first came out to GDC and first started to, you know, meet people and, and started to get involved in that field. And then worked on a bunch of games. I uh, was really fortunate to work on a game called Fez, which did really well. Beautiful game. And then as, as a result of that project, uh, people started hitting me up in film and television. And so then I started working in film and TV. And now I'm kind of like more back to focusing on games. And in, in the work that you've done, what, what, which uh, environment do you prefer the most? Game, film, music? Uh, ooh, it's like a trick question. Yeah, right. Music is like... Exactly. It doesn't quite line up with the other ones. It's Yeah, I mean, I, I do like... Sometimes it's nice to just make music yeah. for the sake of music. But um, if you were to pit like TV and film like against games, I would probably say games. Yeah. Is there... I love soundtracks and video games. Like, I think that's some of the best things, especially the independent uh, the world, right? Like, the independent games have some of the best uh, music out there. Like, there's this game I'm playing right now called, I think it's called Haven. Okay. Uh, it's amazing electronic, like, synthesizer-type sound. Like, cool. I, I love that a lot. Huh? Um, what kind of game soundtracks stand out for you? Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, the first thing that I think, the first music that, really stood out to me was definitely like Koji Kondo's music and Nintendo games okay. yeah, yeah. especially Super Nintendo era type stuff yeah um, so like Yoshi's Island is, was one that was really yeah. stuck with me and then um, not Koji Kondo but Super Mario RPG mm. um, and then as I got a little bit older like other RPGs Chrono Cross yes. um, like that kind of stuff is really sort of where my like my interest in music and games like first started to kind of like combine right because i never really thought about you know making music for for games or that right. it was even a thing that you could do yeah especially like, in that kind of like like i feel like that's only maybe more recent right that we kind of are more like you can be like a music you know you can design music for games and not just a simple like sounding like it can be more complex it can be more tasteful it can be more involved it can be more of an experience rather than just being you know just a thing for the background right yeah, yeah. I think um, I think uh, I mean it has been around now for quite a while, quite a long time since since the early '80s. You know, yeah. they've been hiring people to to make music for games, but it's obviously become like more. Um, it's opened up quite a bit. Yes. You know, from the from from that point. Yeah, like uh, what you can do. Have you played a? I think it's called Donut Donut. Uh, Donut County. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know the developer. Okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that that game speaks to me every time I play it because it's like such a. It's such a relaxing, relaxing experience, but such a deep and involved experience. And music plays such a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. And so, when you're talking about music, that's kind of those experiences kind of come to my mind in yeah. the world of gaming, like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, I mean, we could talk about all that all day, but let's talk about <laughs> the game. Yeah, uh, mini motorways. Yes, mini motorways. So let's <laughs> talk about that. Let's talk about that for um, my audience if they don't know what that is. So let's hear what that is. What is mini? Yeah, motorways? mini motorways is a um, it's a simulation game where you. Uh, basically have a, uh, a network of roads that you're building and there are vehicles and there are buildings that they're trying to get to, destinations, and you're trying to manage all this stuff um, um, as you know, more and more houses are, are showing up on the map. And so it gets like, increasingly complex and you have, you have uh, motorways that you can place in addition to regular roads and then there's traffic lights and roundabouts and bridges and tunnels and so you have these like little different kinds of tools at your disposal for like how to navigate making uh 
making a, a road system. Um, but of course, at some point, it, it, it always tends to get to the point of just being somewhat untenable <laughs> because it's just... It's just kind of the way it is. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> um, now, the Mini Motorways, um, you brought up an interesting fact to me, uh, Ha Young. You had said that it um, it has something. You said that it takes like real map, like, right? It's like similar. They made it so that it's like similar to the real cities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really dig that because it's uh, it, invo- it creates that like you know, it's like an ar- it's like an arcade puzzle game, right? Would you say that, or is it more strategy puzzle? Um, yeah, it's like a strat. It's a strategy game. Strategy game? Would you say, say strategy more than puzzle? I don't know. It's the, I have a hard time distinguishing those two. And me too. Me too. That's why I was like, I wonder what you would call it. Would you call it a puzzle? It's a bit of a puzzle, but it's it's probably, yeah, it's probably more strategy. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, because you're, you're trying to, because you're trying to manage your, your, like a system, you know, like a city right, system. Right. Yeah. But, but, but like how Young said, like each, each level is like based on a different real city. Yeah. And so they sort of like map the the basic geography um, uh, uh, of the map to, you know, to the, to that's, the, that's to awesome. The city. And then it kind of creates like, it piques that interest too, right? Like, Oh man, I want to see more about that. I want to, it yeah. creates a whole, that's awesome. Like I love game when games do that, when they pique your interest about something, right? Where, you know, maybe you're playing mini motorways for fun, but then you're realizing, well, Hey, you know, this is really attracting my interest. Like let's learn more about whatever city it is. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, now, just correct me if I'm wrong. Your involvement, then I assume for this game, is the music. It's all the audio. All the audio. Yes. So yeah, I want yeah. to be like 100 percent certain. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. So how was that process like? Was it, it was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I worked with Dino Polo Club on Mini Metro, which is their previous project, and so it was fairly easy to hit the ground running with this with the this next project. And you know, we kind of. Um, you know, started from a really solid foundation as far as what we had built. And on the audio side, you know, I kind of took everything that we made for Mini Metro and basically copied that over and started with that and like, okay, now what are we going to do different? And so it's a totally different system. The, the audio in the game is actually really important to tamping down some of the stress that the game can create because right. it can be very stressful. Yes. Uh, so the idea with the audio is to try to create sort of like a an ambient... Um, almost zen sort of like soundscape, you okay. know, so very sort of like um, chill. Would you say almost like Donald County? Not quite, but it, it is a little quirky. Okay. Especially Mini Motorways yeah, is yeah. more quirky than Mini Metro is. Um, it's sort of like the weird like sibling <laughs> of Mini Metro, and that's kind of what the audio experience is like too. Um, but uh, yeah, there's like a balance to be found with like, the sound being pleasing and inviting and, and, you know, keeping, keeping the player, um, involved and calm while also conveying useful information, especially when things are starting to like fall apart. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you say that developing it this time around, since you know, you were, you were part of the first game, was it easier this time around then than it would have been the first time? Um, or do you think it was just as involved the first time? I think there, it was easier in some ways and harder in others. Okay. You know, mini Metro, was the first commercial game that I ever had the opportunity to do all to do coding on. Yeah. Um, and there's, I got the project based on a, a small, um, a small project that I had made called January, which is this little game where you walk around and lick snowflakes, and it has a has a generative music system. Whoa. And so they saw that, and they they thought I would be a good fit to make a, a procedural, uh, like audio system for Mini Metro. 
Um, and that was like just a really big learning experience for me because I, it was my first time, it was my first time coding in C sharp. Uh, like I said, my first time, you know, doing it in a commercial kind of capacity. Wow. So I learned quite a lot. Uh, but you know, come around to mini motorways as many, many, quite a few years later, um, had, have a lot more experience with coding. So that, that part of it, um, I, I leaned into, you know, and I tried to like have more fun with it and, right. and create, um, create a system that is, is even more flexible where each, each city in the game can have even more variety as far as like how the sound and music reacts and behaves. And so some cities have, you know, special conditions where like if it's nighttime, um, you know, the, the sound reverses or like, um, uh, like different cities will have these very sort of like specific progressions of like how, how like percussion is added or how the, um, you know, how the harmony works. Oh, wow. Um, and all of this stuff is, it's all code based. So, um, it kind of became this like creative sandbox uh, project for me where okay. I really just kind of had a lot of creative freedom and kind of exercised all of it and <laughs> kind of went crazy. That's awesome. That, yeah. Wow, that sounds, that sounds, I, I didn't realize it was so involved. Like that's amazing. Now the game currently is only available on PC, I believe, right? Steam? Um, Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, thank you. PC, Mac. It's on Steam. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's coming. Is it? It's coming to other consoles soon. Yeah, or we don't know yet. I believe so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I like that answer. I haven't been coached. Gotcha. I'm gotcha. actually a contractor. I gotcha. Uh, but you're but you're doing interviews. But yes, so that's we're, good. we're continuing to work on the project. There you go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming to more things. Gotcha. I think I'm safe to say that. I gotcha. I always feel like it's uh, easy just to say, yeah, it's coming sometime. <laughs> sometime soon, it's coming. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, eventually, <laughs> it works the same, right? Tyling, um, did you have any questions? Because I know you were very excited about this. So, I know you do. <laughs> I think you actually just answered a lot of the questions that I had. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so right now. Uh, you can, you can uh, on the Apple Arcade. You can only get it on the Apple Arcade. You can't buy it as a, a loan app or oh, for app, on the App Store. Yeah, I actually don't know. I think I think that's the way the Apple Arcade works. It's just the arcade, yeah. Because I know I sometimes so. they're they're available in both, but I didn't know. About oh, it. yeah. Because I, I honestly have no idea. Okay, well, I like that. I like that. I like the honesty here. That's all that matters to me is honesty, and I love that. Um, now, what are your? Uh, I'm just curious. Like, what are games that you're playing right now? What am I playing right now? Or just too busy, huh? <laughs> I haven't been playing a lot of games. Um, the main thing that I try to do from time to time, well, I play a lot of chess. Oh. Um, and the main, main thing I try to do from time to time is like get together with some friends and, and, and play games online and just catch up. Okay. So um, we, yeah, we really like to play Rocket League. That's one that we play. I love Rocket League. Rocket League's yeah. so fun. So it's such a great one to kind of like <laughs> decompress and play, right? Now, well, decompress. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it kind of compresses me. Like, yeah. I, get, I get very like. I had I had to fun. ask because uh, she's the resident player here. Are you a fan of Valorant? Uh, I haven't played that. I okay, so this one over here is trying to be a uh, a professional Valorant player, right? Is that sound about right? No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> professional. 
not not professional amateur gotcha i gotcha yeah i just uh, it's always nice to me when you get to speak to developers and learn about like what they what they're playing right now yeah but normally what i always the answer i usually always get is usually i'm not playing anything because i'm too busy yeah well that's true i mean that is true a lot of the time um i would love to find more time to play games i definitely like take note of things that i see and i'm like oh that looks really cool like i would like to play that gotcha um but also you know when i'm getting together with my friends and we want to play something like we've been kind of like trying to play old games yeah like okay. online and the technology is starting to get good enough where you can actually do that okay when you say um, old games can you give like, me an example like like nhl 94 oh. for sega genesis yes yes or you know games like that and they remastered that did you know that uh yeah they do like a remix version of it yeah it's, yeah, not, it's not good okay it's not as good as the original <laughs> i haven't played it so yeah that's <laughs> why so i was like okay good to know uh awesome do you do you find yourself kind of when, when you're looking for inspiration mm. playing older games to get that inspiration or does it just come to you um when developing the music for for like music and sound um yeah like i i, I draw inspiration from from everywhere um it could be games it could be you know, when I was working on Hyperlight Drifter, um, I love I, that game, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was working on that game, I drew a lot of inspiration from Nausicaa, the the manga. Okay. Like wow. The I don't just know. the world building. Um, it's uh, Hayao Miyazaki's manga. Okay, that's yeah. I'm not too familiar with anime that much, so like that sounded familiar. So yeah. Okay. Um, just the world building in that in that book like really kind of helps. Just really motivated me to awesome. with my music writing. Awesome. So like the yeah the inspiration can really come from anywhere um yeah i do think that like it probably comes from games less than it could just because when i'm working on a game i have to play the game a lot (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i'm a little less inclined to go play other games i'm sure i need i think i want to break yeah i'll play i'll just go play fortnite (laughs) or something yeah (laughs) maybe not fortnite but but something yeah something like that that's kind of like you just go you just kind of check out right right yeah that's why i play uh, i play overwatch a lot Right. But solely just because that's a game I play with my friends all the time, and, and you know, I don't have to think about it. I just yeah, yeah. I know my role, I do my job, <laughs> and that's it. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to think more than that. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine that's why you like uh, Valorant so much, right? Like you have to think a lot in Valorant. Okay, well, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the yeah. That's uh, that's the good and bad part about being really into chess too. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now you know when you bring up chess, I'm curious. Have you seen? And forgive me for not remembering the name of it, but have you seen the the chessboard that is actually like it moves on its own? No, you know, it's funny because I was just thinking about, it's like, oh, it'd be cool if that exist, existed yeah. a couple of days ago. So I used to work for a company that uh, we used to actually sell that. And, really? Uh, I, I can't remember for the life of me because it was like a contract job I did. And uh, basically, I'm sorry I don't remember, but uh, I, I, have your, I have your email, I think. So I'll, yeah, I, yeah. I remember I'll send it to you. But basically, yeah, it's you play with an app. But the uh-huh. great thing is, let's say you and me have it and I'm in, I don't know, Brooklyn and you're here you can actually see my corresponding moves move on the board without Whoa. me being there. So we're playing together, but not physically being there. Yeah, is it like physical pieces? Physical pieces, yeah. How does that work? Underneath it, there's a magnet that gets connected to whatever app it is, Yeah. and then it moves the magnet around. How does it move nights? Does it like squirm yeah, them it around? it moves around. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I have to remember that, and I'll, I'll show it to you. Wow. Right, but it's an awesome product. That's sweet. Um, but yeah, I, thank you so much for taking the time and sitting yeah, down pleasure. with us. I really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. I, I am curious, though, is there anything you're looking forward to coming out in the world of gaming? Um, well, that uh, that Harry Potter trailer kind of blew looks my mind. so sick, right? Oh, my God, it looks so sick. Yeah, I was like, man, that looks awesome. I was like, I w- I'm not even a Harry Potter fan, personally. I don't know. Are you a Harry Potter yeah. fan? Okay, see, so that's the thing. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, and I'm getting excited for it. So, like, yeah. I let's... just love open world me too. Like RPGs. Me so. too. Me too. Now, I guess I have to ask you then. Did you like uh, Cyberpunk? Oh, I haven't played that yet. Oh, so good. So good. it's yeah. way better now. I should say. I, I that was part of it. I was like, you know, 
think I'll just wait a little bit and yeah. wait for all the bugs to subside. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely <laughs> cleaned it up a lot. And um, we actually did a panel for them yesterday for uh, their lighting and stuff. And the way, mm. they, the way they talk about lighting and what they did for lighting to me is so, I don't know if it was revolutionary, but it's pretty pretty awesome. And cool. Yeah, I, 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 if, you can, if you have a chance to play it, I would say play it now. Sweet. But thank you again so much, Rich. I really appreciate it. My Take pleasure. care of yourself and uh, we'll see you probably on the show, okay? You too. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Uncle Dad here, finally with Mike. Mike, are you excited to play a game? I am. Uh, you, are you, I don't believe you. I'm, t- I'm, tired of, uh, I'm tired of playing your head games. I'm ready to play a real game. <laughs> okay, well, that's... Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we are with Ben of Dr. Block. You are the creative director, correct? Correct. Okay, uh, sir? Yes. I'm going to hand have you hand the mic to him, Mike. Okay. Mike, hand okay. the mic to Ben. I will. I'm so We're confused. That's our show is all about confusing everybody. I love it, yeah. Because we keep it all real. We're just like hanging out, you know. Yeah. Uh, get all right, it. Mike, you're gonna get suited up. He's gonna play. What game are we playing? What game is he gonna play? You're gonna be call, playing a game called Straylight, um, and we call it a VR space platformer. Uh, but it's a sort of a flying around in space like a space ninja or um, grapple hook grapple onto. It's basically an, uh, a fun roller coaster obstacle course um, that you control yourself with grapple beams. Uh, but as you progress in the game, it gets more increasingly hard. There's more and more things that uh, try to kill you, and you have to get better and better at flinging yourself around like a crazy space monkey to get to the end of the level. Oh, crazy space monkey. You're probably used to that, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, one of the things we're most excited about with the game is we, uh, we built it around a mechanic um, where we found a way to move around in VR space uh, with really no discernible nausea. You don't need VR legs for this. Wow. Um, even people who have never tried VR have had a big totally comfortable experience playing the game so yeah we're, we're really excited with that awesome so i say let's get mike all suited up and then you yeah. and i will continue to right. chat with it and then sure. i'll check in with mike yeah crazy space monkey i've been the burning man so i think i'm ready for something <laughs> like that yeah good man good man so mike go get suited up uh ben we'll chat up some more here uh, sounds good uh, yeah. mike you don't make it difficult <laughs> uh ben so where does this idea come from uh, so, really, it came from, we started off with a game jam, um, and we, we, it was our first VR game, our first game we were ever doing together, uh, and we kind of uh, found this mechanic and this a way, I, I have no VR legs at all, I can't handle movement in VR right. in any sense, right, right, right. we just found this, this way to move around in a fun way that we hadn't seen before, and just like this this is something right we, right we got to turn this into something so the rest of the game including the visuals and uh the level design all of it sort of grew out of that you know okay. awesome now what would you say when you were developing this what's the biggest challenge of making a vr game really in general well it's just it's the wild west right yeah, it's, it is i'm glad you said that because it's so much the wild west because we don't know really yeah you know? and so mo- most video games at this point have have a, such a rich history and so many levels of things that have been tried and, and true and proven shooters you know how that works and whatever right. where vr nobody knows anything yes about uh movement about uh controls about whatever and a lot of the traditional uh, gameplay mechanics don't really work in VR. Right, right. So you sort of have to go back to the drawing board. So that's been, for us, the most fun part and easily the most challenging is just redefining even what sort of a game is fundamentally. Fundamentally, right, yeah. yeah. When you play VR, what do you look for in a VR experience? Just, I think VR, The for me, the point of VR is, is literally offering you an experience that human beings have never been able to have before, right? Ooh, like, yeah. it, it does a thing that 
nobody's ever been able to experience. So I really, I love games that embrace that um, and try to find a way to use that to, to give you an experience you've never been able to have. That's really cool to me. That's awesome. When it comes to VR, I think the biggest challenge I have when I play it is that it's the long-lasting playability. Yeah. Right? Because usually you play a VR game, for me at least, and it's like, it's great. But is it just the gimmick at the time? Right. Right. And I, what would you say with this game? I'm assuming for sure it's not like that, right? It's more of an in-depth experience for the most part. Uh, yeah, but we also embrace the fact that VR is not something people traditionally do for five, six, seven See, hours. That's an awesome idea for sure because um, I think lots of times people try to make that right, like they try to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And my my personal favorite VR experiences are like, I mean, Beat Saber is a great use case. Super hot. Yeah. Um, Love super hot. There's a bunch of other where you can pop in. You can play for half an hour. You can play for an hour if you want to, but it's designed around stages and levels that once you beat them, it's very. Go get dinner, come back, come <laughs> right. back tomorrow. It'll be waiting for you. You'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm finally going to beat this level today. Ah. <laughs> um, and, and just to be clear, this yeah. game is out now or is it going to be out? So this we will be releasing very soon. We're okay. probably about 95% of the way through awesome. up to 1.0. Um, so we'll so be making making an announcement uh, about our release date very soon. Awesome, awesome. And, and for, it's only on the Quest... Two? We are going to be releasing on every single VR platform. Uh, is that including basically. PSVR? PSVR. Um, wow. Quest 1, Quest wow. 2, uh, all of the Steam, um, Rift, all of the Windows Media, everything. Um, wow. As long as it's a six degree of freedom uh, right, system. Right, right, right. Um, and we're, we've been working really hard, so the game looks pretty good and pretty much the same on all of the platforms. So even. Really? Uh, you know, the PSVR and Quest 1 have some limitations, yes. but... <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah but they it, absolutely do. It's looking good and it's pretty fun on those wow. platforms. Wow, so. okay. So I have a Quest 2 myself, so I, it's pretty exciting to know that there is quality Quest games coming out, right? Like, yeah. uh, when I, I bought Quest 2 day one, and I'll be honest with you, mm, <laughs> there were some good games on there. Like, uh, recently, uh, or somewhat recently, Resident Evil came out. Resident Evil 4. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, what an experience Fantastic. that was. Yes, yeah. yes. And I love seeing that, you know, people like yourself and the team are, are trying to make the experience that makes sense. And I think that's great. And that's that's the most difficult thing is does yeah. it make sense? Right. Yeah. yeah. You have to embrace the format. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know, Mike, how is it going in there for you? Great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's intended to be, like we say, it's a, a platformer in the sense, like spiritual platform in the sense that you're supposed to die a lot, you're supposed to fall a lot, you're supposed to take a little while to get the hang of the mechanic, and the better you get, the harder it gets, and you should always be challenged, so. Awesome. Is it, it's always funny watching somebody play VR, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. always like the best experience of just sitting watching him, because like he's just... <laughs> There's that sense of wonder the whole time. It's literally in his own world. Yeah, absolutely. Literally, yes, yes. Uh, Mike, can you kind of describe, I'm going to bring the mic to your mouth. Mike, um, go ahead and tell me what you're doing. I'm swinging. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so there's the portals. And it took me a, a minute to really realize. Um, so there's the little things you grab onto. <laughs> And they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they buzz when you kind of lock into them. Oops, sorry. And then, um, so I, yeah, I think, and I've died many times, but I think once I start catching on to how the feel is when when you grab onto the little icons to to swing from, um, it's actually really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Would you Would you play this yourself? Oh yeah. You look like you're having the grandest time. I'm 
gonna keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, Ben, uh, while he does that, thank you sure. so much uh, for taking the time and talking oh, to course. us. Of course, thanks for thanks for your own time. This was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I, I so okay. Something not related to, to to the game. Let me ask sure. you a question. If you had to pick your personal top three VR games, what would you pick? Oh, uh, super hot. Number one. Hell yeah. Um, I'm not going to include our game because that's of that's, course. You can't, know, you can't do we'll, that. We won't go there. Yes. Um, uh, super hot. Uh, Half Life Alex. I mean, it's, hell yeah, it, hell yeah. Yes. How do you even compete yeah. with that? Oh yes, good call. Um, and uh, uh, Robo Recall is. Oh my god! Thank I mean, you so much for saying that. I love that game, and nobody wants to play it when I recommend it. And it's, oh, it's so awesome. It's, it's amazing. It <laughs> yes. was like one of the first ones out the gate, and it's so it's just pure fun. Absolutely, and I yeah. think that's what I think about VR. Right, it's about finding the aspect of making it fun. Yes, and yeah. I think that's been kind of hard for some people. Um, and I'm excited to see the game when it comes out. Uh, I know there's not a day yet, but when it does come out fully, yeah, it'll be it'll be soon. It'll be soon. Okay, uh, I will definitely pick it up because awesome. I'm excited to be part of it. I'm sure if Mike is loving it. Mike gave it the approval, so you know if what? Mike likes it, we're all good. Yeah, Mike likes it, Uncle Dad likes it. There we go, that's good, it. Good, good. Uh, ben, thank you again for taking the time. We no absolutely problem. appreciate it. Uh, is there like a social media people can follow you at? Yeah, we're at, uh, we're Dr. Block, D-R-B-L-O-C. Okay. Um, no K, no K. No K. Uh, and uh, on pretty much all the social media platforms, some variation of that. Okay. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ben. No problem. And take care. Okay, have a good day. You. Thank you. All right, everybody, Uncle Dad here uh, with two amazing gentlemen, two very amazing and handsome gentlemen. Oh, yes, <laughs> of course. Um, I am with the, and I'm sorry, I'm going to ruin the name. What is the name of the brand? The brand is Elias Software. Yes. Yep. Not, okay, not Elias, Elias. Elias is my son. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I named the company after him. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so sweet. But it it's also stands for Elastic Lightweight Integrated Audio System. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. that's pretty. That's great how that came to work together, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, but with a voice you're hearing is Christopher of the of the brand. He is the CEO and co-founder, and then the other voice you heard is Eric, and he is the product owner. Yes, correct. Uh, okay, can you explain to me what that means, product owner? Uh, that means that I'm kind of the guy that. Uh, keeps track of the vision and making sure that we make a software that people want to use and that we serve our clients in a good way, building features that they like and so on. And then I, yeah, break that down into a feature and then talk to the dev team. And, and we so that's more of a business aspect, right? Or no? It's like 50-50. It's 50 actually a creative part because I'm the one deciding what should be in the actual software. Awesome. And also how that should work from a top level and also sometimes to the detail level. Got you. Okay. And it's also uh, I used to be the product product owner when it was only uh, music. Okay. But now we're when the last four we are expanding and we take care of all audio in a in a game. And I couldn't think of a better product owner than Eric. Uh, that is on We're just all complimenting yeah, each best other. Ever. I know, right? Just wow. like, you're great. I'm great too. Everybody's great. Hey, Hollyung, you're great too. Yes, <laughs> everyone's great. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Um, awesome. Now, uh, I guess you know we're talking about the software, but we don't know what it is. So let's. What mm -hmm. is this software? Who wants to? Shall I start? Yeah, uh, start, start. Yeah, yes. we can start where where it all started. Uh, yes, I'm, please. I'm a composer, awesome. uh, and I wanted to do things uh, in with my music in games that I couldn't do. Okay. So uh, I started this uh, uh, invention thing, <laughs> and and uh, we built a software around it called Elias. And Elias One Two Three has been all about uh, adaptive music. Uh, and to explain adaptive music, yes. it's like if you're a composer composing for a film, 
uh, that's the easiest job in the world <laughs> because uh, you can just you see you know exactly at uh, seven minutes twenty two seconds uh, fifteen frames are gonna do this. Okay. But the game, the, then we're talking about a story that isn't even played yet, and it could be played in a million different ways. Right. So adaptive music means that you write music to what could happen in a game. And you want it to sound linear to your own uh, gameplay. Right. So if you play the game at a certain way, you will feel that this music is written for this. Yes. And if another, if you play a game, I'm pointing at people here now. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's going to sound completely different, but you will feel that it is uh, written for your own uh, way of playing the game. So that was Elias, the whole vision with Elias. But that we also became kind of a, we were in like big projects that, that were really serious about music. But we wanted to expand and take care of more things, not only music. And that's uh, when we started with Elias 4, which is sound effects and everything. In right. Games. Let's see. I think I'm glad you said that because music and gaming is so important. It's so impactful, yep. and it definitely changes the way you play. Right. A good example for me, I always think of is I'm a big fan of cyberpunk, and uh, when you play cyberpunk, it's great because when the action is intense, the, the music intensifies, but it does it in a way where it doesn't feel forced. It comes natural, and then it goes away naturally as well. Yeah. And I think it's very rare to find in, in gaming. And kind of what you're talking about with the software is that kind of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, and also I, I wanted to replace the DJ in games, the virtual DJ, okay. <laughs> and, and uh, replace him with a conductor. Because, wow. because yes, you can uh, do a lot of things with just uh, crossfades and, and cool things. Right. But then you will hear him. You will almost have him beside you when you play the game. But a director would be more like you, he, you tell the music to change and... Every musician tells, yeah, I'm going to do that soon because I'm in a phrase now or, yeah. or so. So it's more kind of a musical way to do it. That's that's so fascinating. Like mm -hmm. now, the software, is it something that anybody can use or does it have to be, or do you have to be a development team to use it? Anyone can use it. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we started out with the slogan, uh, by composers for composers. Wow. So it's really made for... Basically, everyone, Alliance 3 is for everyone that loves music and want to get into the game scene. Like, this is a good place to start, and you can build stuff that you actually can connect to a game uh, as well uh, with a developer. That's incredible. Now, with Elias 4, yep. uh, what projects are, is it working on with now? Yeah, can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I wanted, I wanted it to be, I don't want, uh, the same way as uh, 1, 2, 3 was by composers for composers. Yeah. I wanted this to be by audio designers oh. and not from a programmer's per perspective. Right. Uh, so that's a, the thing we are releasing tomorrow is a completely new workflow. Okay. And we uh, say she things like stay in the zone and, and uh, create, uh, but it's true. Uh, other software tend to kill the creativity, and, oh. we, and we want it to be present all the time. Right. Yeah, so mm. like in the, in the history of, uh, of game audio, <clears throat> you kind of, you had to be uh, connected with a programmer as well. So you had to have a programmer that, helped you like do a lot of build a lot of systems uh, and whatnot so you as a sound designer you had to try to explain your vision to a programmer that could help you build it and then you could add sounds to it but our new software opens up for sound designers to build their own systems so you can gotcha. you can do uh, your own like logic for for how the sound should play and when wow. and why and it's also super dynamic 
connected to the game engine in real time, so you can really tweak and, and turn every knob in real time once you're playing the game to make it perfect. Wow. Yeah, for, for me, not being an, I'm a composer, not an audio designer, but right now I, I actually am an audio designer. Right, right. <laughs> for me, that was the missing link. that I, I want to, If I'm going to create a sound, I want to try it instantly. Wow. I, I don't want to do some uh, things that I don't know how it's going to sound and try it three hours later. <laughs> I want to try it now. Right. Well, that, that's, it, it's great when tools like that are developed, right? Because then you're able to connect people to a different maybe a different like a idea of things that they weren't necessarily trying to do in their games right mm. so maybe they weren't trying to make their game have an, uh, uh, an emotional audio impact but now that we have this uh, you know tool because it's mm. easier to use and mm. for people who are interested in that it sounds like it can kind of even change the tide of game development would you agree with that yeah we really hope so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about iteration cycles right uh, I, I just composed uh, for a game and uh, in the old-fashioned way um, with you know you send your music and you try it one month later yeah right <laughs> that's too slow right uh, I want to try it one second later or live right <laughs> so, yeah. so. <clears throat> and the, the, the old way of doing stuff also kills ideas before they're even explored because mm -hmm. you realize you, you get this cool idea and then you realize no it would take too much time I will have to engage yeah. that person and that person and ah, I don't want to risk it but here you can on your own build something and try it and hopefully hopefully you find something that is nice yeah. <laughs> and you can and you can run with it that's 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 so you fascinating. reduce the risk of exploring basically so we um we have a character that we own or my partner owns called uh, captain a-hole and we're trying to make a game for him yeah yep. great and uh <laughs> that's something down the line that because i was kind of tinkering around with it myself just kind of developing it in unity by myself yep. and i was like but i don't know anything about audio design yep. is that something that like myself i would be easy enough to use for me this is definitely be in my opinion, I'm not biased at all. <laughs> your best, your best uh, shot, because a lot of these softwares that are around now that try to do what we do, they 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 are great. They can do a lot of stuff, but they're hard to to penetrate, hard to get into. You kind of have to be really aware of sound design gotcha. and study study these specific systems like right. for years before you can actually have them do what you want to. But our ID, and we'll see if we're there. I hope so. Mm -hmm. We're working towards it. That like bringing intuition into it. So you open the software and you kind of explore and find your way through it without even reading the manuals, hopefully. Yeah. Wow, that's wonderful. Now, okay. <laughs> uh, so my co-host, who's normally with me, his name is Mike. That's his character, and we've talked about doing this for a while. Mm. Now that I know that, I wonder, I'm going to have to sell it to him, see if we can maybe make that happen. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be uh, fun. That'd be fun. We'll be glad to help. Yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, let's talk about the projects that are going with Elias 4. Um, mm -hmm. what, what have you guys worked on with that right now? Or going to? Uh, yeah, uh, you know how it is in this industry. Going to is so secret. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I always have to ask though, right? Yeah, Just to yeah, see yeah. yeah. There's one project that uh, Robert Lord Rising is, is the first game uh, that tries last. Yeah, by no. Aurora Punks. Yeah, by Aurora Punks, yeah. Okay. So that one we can talk about. Okay, okay. <laughs> but we have uh, some really cool uh, games, uh, except for that really cool game. Um, so, uh, but, but if you look back, we have like... Um, Rage 2 would be one game that used Elias and uh, A Way Out. Yes. Uh, Mutant Year Zero. Okay. Gauntlet. Uh, there's a lot of games. There was a game that you brought up, right, Hyam? Yeah. Well, it's you produced the music behind it. it was, it's, yes. Yes. I love that game. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. It was yeah. so like cinematic and like just the whole mm -hmm. storyline, but also with like the music behind it. it 
they all fit so well. Yeah, it, it was a uh, it was great. I, I, in that game, I was the uh, composer together with uh, Gustav uh, Grevberg. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I, I wasn't into. I didn't do any implementation and so on. But it was kind of a a blast for me just yeah. being the composer. Did you get to take any of the credit of the game of the year or no? Uh, if I get did, credit, did you get credit for being you know winning game of the year or no? Yeah, yeah okay, of course, yeah. good, good. <laughs> I was gonna say because yeah. the music really makes the game a lot yeah. of ways, right? Yeah. So game I, it's too, it's but. it's like that that game is is it's so I really dialed into it and I I I, I ripped my heart out <laughs> to do that game and actually it's my it's my wife that uh, is the singing voice of uh, one character. Oh wow. And it's my my kids. Uh, it's a choir in, in the game, so it was a wow. kind of a family thing. So it's very dear memory to me. That's that's yeah. amazing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That and is. just uh, working with Joseph Forres and, and you know Philip Eriksson and uh, it was a it was it was a blast. That's that's <laughs> amazing. Wow. Uh, now, so with with Elias Four. Uh, now I just want to make sure I'm correct on this. It, it is out now, or is it going to be out tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So by the time people hear this, it'll be out next week. So it'll already be out. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So at that point, uh, where can my audience get this uh, product? Uh, on uh, eliassoftware.com. Yep. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And do you guys have like any social media too that I can follow, or no? Yeah, we're on. Yeah. The, we're everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I think Twitter is the best one. Twitter. Okay. Yeah, but we're on uh, everyone, and we also have a Discord server that you can find on our webpage, where we have like a small community of of people that you can ask about stuff. That's okay. Awesome. Awesome. So please go check it out. Uh, if you guys have anything else to add, and anything I might have forgotten, is there anything great about this product that I've forgotten? It will change lives. That's all. There you go. It's like it's going to change lives. Yeah. It's going to make you more handsome. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why yeah, they're yeah, so yeah, handsome. Yeah. <laughs> and world peace. Uh, yeah, world well. peace. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. There we go. We're going to fix everything. I love yeah. it. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank you for thank inviting you. us. Yes, yeah. of course. Thank you awesome. guys. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Thank Have a good you. show too. All right, everybody. Uncle Dad here at GDC again with the. CEO and founder of, right, Connor? Chromatic Games. Chromatic Games, that's right. Uh, this is Augie Lee. Augie. Lie. Oh, Just got me Augie. You know what? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you know, so one of the things that talks about our show is that I always mess up people's names, and it seems to hit every day all yeah. day. <laughs> and then everyone messes up my name. Yeah. Well, first off, my, my last name's Chinese, and it's fourth tone, so it's Gotcha. It's okay, okay. <laughs> uh, how are you so, doing today, man? Uh, lie. So, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. It goes down. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, no worries. Yeah, thanks for having um, us over. Uh, GDC, it's been too long. Yes. Three years. Three years. You know, yeah. and it's like three years I've been in my closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. making uh, video games. Making well, video, yeah. <laughs> there's worse things you can do. Look, that doesn't sound like a bad thing, to be honest. <laughs> there's definitely worse things you can do. Um, and you've been working on the game we're about to check out? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. So let's talk about this game real yes. quick. Um, so yeah, um, are you familiar with our franchise, Dungeon Defenders? You know, so I do know of it, but I yes. have not dived into okay. it, if I'm honest. So Dungeon Defenders um, is a tower defense RPG game. Uh, we have three games out in the wild. Dungeon Defenders 1, which was released in 2010. Dungeon Defenders 2, 2013. Dungeon Defenders Awaken, which was um, launched um, about three years ago. Wow. Um, and this is our newest game, and it's not a tower defense game. Whoa. It's a roguelite tower defense RPG game, but roguelite in particular. Wow. Now, for those yeah. who don't know, can you explain what a roguelite game yes. is? Yes. So roguelite games uh, have several main features. One is permadeath. So when you 
play the game and progress through the game, once you die, you have to start from the beginning again. What makes it light is there is a progression mechanic in it. So you uh -huh. build XP and you unlock items and abilities with, with um, your built-up XP. Um, but yeah, it was like, you know, the tower defense RPG problem yeah. sort of was solved with our first three games. Gotcha. Like, it's sort of hard to perfect what people are already loving. So the question then after that is, where do you go from here? How right. do you create a new audience? How do we bring in a new audience and show them this universe called Dungeon Defenders? Right. So that's what this game here is. And I sort of want to talk behind the game, what influenced the game, what is yes. the game. And sort of the, this game, more than the story of making the game, is sort of the story of the studio. Okay. So if you're not too familiar with the studio, the VCs, the suits, gave the studio back to us about three years ago. Awesome. And since then, we are 100% employee-owned. Awesome. And basically, it's going indie, going yes. back being an independent studio. Awesome. And that's really the story of this game. No longer is, hey, if I make this item or make this weapon or tree, how much money is it going to make us? What's the ROI on this game? The question is, how fun can we make it? Right, and that's always the one of the most important how questions. How fun can we make it? Right. And it, you know, that mentality is what drives us now. How can we make something fun? How can we make it fun for our audience, our customers, our fans, our community, basically? That's awesome. And that is what this game is about. That's about being fun, about I, being indie. About <laughs> that's awesome, and I think that's like the uh, the, the essence of any game. Really, comes down to what. Being exactly. fun, right? Like, yeah, we can make money. Like, yeah, it can yeah. be great, right? But if it's not fun, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, right. Exactly. Absolutely. Now, this game. Now, I'm sorry if I missed it. Did you? What is the name of this? Oh, yes. Did I miss <laughs> that? You might have. Okay. okay. So this game is called Dungeon Defenders Going Rogue. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. And especially if you know it, you're like, all right, I get it. I like it. Yes. A little wink and a nod. I like it. Awesome. So we are going to check it out. Yes. Yes. So I was thinking about it right now. I think we should actually have the intern play. Oh, okay, absolutely. And then we'll comment on it. Sure. And I think that's a better. Well, she's call. probably better than me. So I mean, she's this game is me. hard. So, oh, so we'll see. So let's go ahead and kind All of right. move our seats around here. If you want to yeah. go sit here, Hong Young, yes. please. Yes. Uh, All right. So we are going to, to get ourselves set up here. All right. I can turn the sensitivity down okay. if you want. Aren't you hardcore um, enough for? Oh, wait, really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That reminds me of the Unreal days when you have the Twitch-like type uh, reflexes. <laughs> but they are setting that up right now. And while it's setting up, I'm actually really excited to check this out. Um, now, this game is unreleased, correct? Yes, this game will be released March 29th. Awesome. And everyone's on embargo until March 29th. We're stealth launching this game. We have not announced it. Oh, So we're yes. just dropping it. On so unsuspected by the time this bands. airs, this will already be out. So excellent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, you have your primary weapon. Uh -huh. Primary attack is a left click. Your secondary attack is the right click. Uh -huh. um, F is a specialty um, attack, uh -huh. uh, and there's a cooldown with the specialty. Right. I noticed. Yeah. Um, C is blood rage. So all your stats go up, and um, when you use that. Uh -huh. um, so fans of Dungeon Fans will notice a few things that are similar. And that's when you hit the one button. So that, that will drop a tower just and press enter. Um, oh, wait, no, no, press. Uh, uh, actually, you press the left. Yeah. Um, there we go. 
and that will drop a tower, and it has a, it has a life of about 20 seconds. Um, and uh, whenever there's bad guys, um, that will hit it. Um, and when you're ready, um, well, actually, I'll show you the, the, where you can upgrade your items. So you see, uh, if you look around, there's a portal right there. Yeah, press E. And then now you're, you're in the space tavern, this floating tavern. And here you can upgrade your weapons with the forge. Um, so if you hit E, um, you can upgrade. But you have no, you have no gold. <laughs> you have no, I can give you gold. I have a cheat code oh, gotcha, <laughs> to give you gold. But this is where you can upgrade your items. Um, so you hit exit. And then to the right is the shop, the shopkeep. And from there, if you have a lot of gold, you can buy weapons, you can buy rooms, you can buy items. Um, yeah. Um, and the final thing in here is there's a little slot machine. And you, you, you get to spin that once and get special items gotcha. if you're lucky. If you're lucky, right, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, just so the audience is aware, is this a free-to-play game? No. Okay. It's it's going to be a Steam Early Access, $15. Not bad, yeah. Not bad. Um, I love the, I want to tell you, I love the animations. I love thanks, the animation style. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, we're... Art style. At, thank you. Yeah, the the art um, we're very proud of. We have fantastic artists, and we're, we're so lucky to have them with our studio. Um, all right, if you're ready, just hit G, hold down G, and the boss fight will come. All right, come on. I don't even know what I'm you don't yeah. have to know. You just have to have fun. Yeah, just hit this guy. Don't let it. Don't let it hit you. Yeah. Luckily, you're on God mode. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Be the God here. Come on. So just yeah, exactly. Just go at him. Did you beat him, or did you die? So you died. <laughs> oh, okay. I, you did not have God mode on. I was like, I'm well, sorry. I was like anti-God mode, huh? <laughs> so this this is probably the most unique um, level um, in our franchise. We have boss arenas now. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will get you on another game. So we'll get you we'll get you more, and then we can talk about your experience with it. Um, Graphically, I love the way it looks. I love the, the feeling of the characters. Uh, to me, animations and the way that characters move and react are a very big deal to me. And I love that they seem just fun, welcoming, and uh, it's exciting. I like the vibrant colors. Yeah, I was going to say, the color scheme, is, yeah. the color palette's amazing. Yeah. So he's uh, getting it all set up right now for her. Are you nervous to play? I'm excited. Oh, good answer, <laughs> good answer, good answer. Yeah, so this is just a... a Point that way. Before each boss fight, there are three levels, and you got to. Whoa! I thought I gave you God mode. <laughs> You're just gonna go at it. Now, for for players who are new to the franchise, is there going to be a way to soften up the difficulty, or? Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, there there will be different difficulty okay. levels. Gotcha. Uh, All right. You are ready. Now you are God. Now she is a God. Now you are God. <laughs> your, your dream has finally been realized. All right, let's see how you do there. Go get yourself comfortable. Let's go. All right. Okay, wait. I don't have a... What is L? Is it E? Or what is this one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this just increases your speed. Oh. Um, but you want to hit one and drop down the tower. So what's really cool about this, and to your point about the gameplay mechanics, uh, you can drop down these towers that create yes. the, that tower defense. Yes. Field, right? yeah. Yes. And I really enjoy that because I think that's I always love seeing the blending of two worlds where it's both 
you know, because Tower Defense to me is becoming like almost like a lost franchise or lost idea. Yeah. And rebuilding it, revitalizing it in this kind of way, I think is really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, definitely get my hands on it, you know, fully. Um, and honestly, for that price point, that's a pretty solid price point. Uh, how many levels are there? Um, there will be 12, 12? at launch. Okay. Awesome. And then is there going to be continuous updates? Yeah, so okay. we do plan on introducing new heroes awesome stuff okay so. and then out the gate how many heroes do we can we talk four. about that? four awesome. four base heroes awesome yeah. different classes uh yes absolutely. awesome yeah it just is pretty exciting now come on let's show them show what's up let's see <laughs> all right you hit g again okay. and then it in that chest is loot so you, oh, can, you probably should get that yeah there, there you go. go look whoa look at that oh shards. there's there's runes and weapons that you can upgrade now is your game harder than uh elden ring this game, this game's hard. Yeah. Is it harder than Elden Ring? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you had a chance to play that yet? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah, I just get my my ass whooped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time it's sort of like, ugh. Yeah. So I'm just there watching YouTube videos on how to OP my characters. Right. Yes, for sure. Same thing. Because like every time I get to, uh, I think his name is Margaret. I can't do it. <laughs> All right. There you go. You have a base attack too, right? There you go. Yeah. Don't forget your base attack. Because I think the left the left click is the base attack, right? Yes. Okay. Left. It's your base attack. And there's no cooldown for your base attack. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Did they break my tower? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah your tower ha has um, a lifespan. So many. Yeah, your towers are not gods. You are, but your towers are not. There you go. Is this will be, this will be available only on PC? Initially, PC. We have not announced any console plans yet. Okay. Do you have anything on console yet? Yes. Okay. So we, um, Dungeon, we, we have games on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch. Awesome. PC. Awesome. I will, once this hits the Switch, I will take this with me on the go. Because I'm a huge fan of Roguelite. So I'm getting excited just watching this. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to play this. So now, all in all, ha Young, mm -hmm. how do you feel? Do you feel like a god? Goddess. Goddess. Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, um, also, on the 29th yes. of March, 20 launch, we will also having a speed run tournament. Oh, awesome. Yep, $10,000. Wow. You know? That's pretty awesome. Is that only for that day? Um, I believe it'll run for a few days. Okay. And we'll just accumulate who gets passes. Okay. Times. Well, by the time you guys hear this, you should be able to hop in on that. So please be a part of that. Um, this, is, this is so exciting. I, I think. Uh, what I'm is, is there multiplayer on this too? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's a big part. Yes. Okay. Uh, four player co-op multiplayer. Wow. Yes. This will be so much fun with your friends for sure. Yes. Yeah. It, it needs a lot of friends. Yeah. 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 For <laughs> Trust sure. Trust me. <laughs> Either you're caring or you're being caring. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, I know this is probably not this is probably something down in the future, but would there ever be an idea of making this into like an online franchise, like an MMO type style? Mm, I'm not supposed to say. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> but, okay. Um, but our second game, Dungeon Fighters 2, is very much online and very, very social. Okay, so gotcha. Yeah, because I, I think uh, what I really love about it is the, I love games like this with this kind of art style mm -hmm. because where you can explore it freely. There's yeah. something very special about that. Yeah, and it ties you to the game more. I think yeah. so. That's exciting. You like it? You want to keep playing all day? We can. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to hit G and get to the next level. So every time it, the wave ends, you have to restart the wave yourself? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. So then it gives you opportunity. It gives to kinda... you time to explore. It, oh, it gives you okay. time to upgrade your weapons and stuff like that's that. That's awesome. Okay. And um, right now, is she just playing like the first level? Um, she is on the first level. Okay, yeah. awesome. Cool. 
Um, and the, the levels will change up every time you play it because oh, really? it's, it's roguelike. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's hard. Uh, I mean, you you're trying to be a streamer, and I can stream this too. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you should stream this, then yeah. show how great it is. Yeah. You are you are a Twitch affiliate already, right? So there you go. Um, awesome, well, Adi. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talking yeah, absolutely. about this. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything else we can think of that maybe the audience should know about this game? Maybe I think there's something I'm forgetting. Yes. Yes. March 29th, Steam early access. Uh, we'll be running a, a 15% sale. Awesome. Um, and if you own the previous game, Dungeon Heart Defenders Awakening, we're bundling this, so you only pay $5 for this. Oh, yeah. okay. Awesome. So if you already, are you already part of the franchise, then heck yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. What a great way to buy yourself in. Yeah. Awesome. And if you dare, speedrun tournament yes. starting March 29th, $10,000 cash prize. Wow. So. It's out of your pocket, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to take it literally out of his pocket. I'll just take it out of my pocket. And there you go. And stacks. Um, I like that. Now, do you think somebody will beat it? Like, you hear about Elden Ring, somebody oh beat gosh. it in 30 minutes? Yeah, or? I know. I saw that. <laughs> See, you know, it's it's crazy. We, we did a speedrun tournament last month for our second game, uh-huh. and someone beat the game in, in 40 minutes flat. Wow. And uh, we're, like, literally fresh start, fresh start character, and they beat the game 40 minutes flat, and we're just like, how do you do that? How is that possible? The individual didn't sleep for three days. Oh, my god. He made 60 runs. Wow. Yeah, he recorded 60 runs to get to that 40-minute mark. And and we offered a a secondary prize if you can match that in the next week. And no one came close. No one came close. This guy was a genius. (laughs) You think he'll do it again or he can't can't win? Um, He'll probably... Too close. Do a speed run of this, knowing him. I hope so. I hope so. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely uh, check Bickett back in on this uh, in a later date and whatnot. Awesome. I would love to learn more about any of the games you guys have coming on in the future. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Augie, for taking the time. We All appreciate right. it. Thank I you. hope you had fun. I did. Awesome. <laughs> and we will definitely be checking this out on the 29th. All right. Thank you thank so you. much. Take care. All right, Uncle Dad and Mike here talking about a very cool game. I think you're excited about this game, right, Mike? I am. I love action. I know. I know you love action. You're right. You're right. We are with Rick of Kickback. Rick, what is who? Who are you? Let's talk about that. Yes. Hi. Uh, I'm an American um, weird multimedia artist. I have a background in education, theater, games, of course, uh, instructional design, educational games, martial arts, and I kind of wrap that all up uh, as a design manager at Pickpock. So I help uh, mentor all of our game designers and oversee the design division. Um, but I'm also narrative director there so I run our, our narrative team and try and do a lot of just cross-divisional collaboration stuff getting people working together to find a good game vision and deliver on that which is why I'm excited to talk about Agent Intercept um, because for my money this is probably the best project I've worked on in terms of having a clear vision for what the game was about that the entire team was 110% on board with uh, and brought to life and hopefully a fun way yeah so when you had the vision for the game at first, like to talk about that. Is it something that you had based off of action movies or, or certain movies that you've seen? You're like, I want to incorporate this in one game, or was it something that started as a smaller P and then snowballed in something bigger? Yeah, the latter. Um, so uh, credit to um, Andy Satterthwaite, the chief design officer, and Dwayne Kirkwood, the lead designer. So the early vision of the game was very solid, but a little bit smaller. We knew it was going to be, uh, it was actually based on an old idea we had that was going to be a remake of Spy Hunter, like an actual remake of that IP, and that kind of fell through. But we liked the idea 
idea and we kind of kept around. We're like, we can do more with this. So it started as, you know, this action spy, transforming spy car, James Bond meets Fast and the Furious game. Um, but the team was really smart and prototyped it in a much smaller way to get the, the core driving and action mechanics down. Uh, and then I came on a couple months after that, you know, as the narrative designer. And then I was kind of the one that goes, guys, it could be more. It could be more. What if? Uh, like in the early story sessions, I came in and I remember like, you know, like I put on a suit and sunglasses and blared the Mission Impossible theme and came into the room and I was like, picture this and just walked them <laughs> through the entire story. And, um, you know, some things in that story made it and some didn't. The point was less to lay out what would be the final story and more to go, imagine the kind of game we could make if we were shooting to do these things. And that's how we gradually kept getting into that every car chase ever, every action movie ever. Like, how can we, how can we find the action movie trope that everybody expects to happen and make it happen in the most satisfying way? Or how can we find that action movie moment that everybody expects and do something twice as ridiculous as that and, and get them along for the ride? Wow. Uh, okay. So just, can we step back for a second? You said uh, Spy Hunter. Yes. I love Spy Hunter. Mike, have you ever played that? No. <laughs> it was the second Nintendo game I ever owned. Really? It was actually my first Nintendo game. Nice. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great game. And that's immediately when I saw the game, I, I thought, wow, this reminds me a lot of that. And I, hopefully it's a compliment because I love that game. Yeah. I think that game is incredible. A lot, very, very much ahead of its time. Um, now, I am curious, though, what other inspiration do you draw from for this game, like as far as other games go? Of course. Uh, so Spy Hunter was huge, of course, for that transforming spy car thing. And also it had kind of like the spy music with like the Tom Gunn score and all that. Uh, James Bond was one, but just the lifestyle of James Bond. Ah. Like this wasn't going to be espionage, but this was going to be about being in a kick-ass fancy car and saving the day in the nick of time. Uh, Fast and the Furious was actually um, another inspiration just because of how over the top it is. Like the later movies really embrace uh, the, the craziness and so we leaned on that. Um, and so actually there were a lot of cinematic references that we were pulling from um, when we were working on the game and I think that helped people like get on board of, of the possibilities. Wow. Now this is going to be available for what platform? Uh, all consoles, which all is great. Yes. So it's on Switch, it's on Xbox, uh, both One and the Series S and X, and PlayStation 4 and 5. And what is going to be the MRSP? Uh, 20 US, I think. 20 US, that's a pretty good deal for that game. I think, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think so. I mean, it's a solid game with a lot of content and, you know, games are subjective, right? Yes, uh, hopefully, based on the trailers, you know if you'll like this game or not. So, you know, can't promise it's a game for you, but I can absolutely promise you won't be bored. So is it, is it kind of like, I feel like a lot of movies do this now, a lot of action movies. They're like, we want to make a scene where a car is going to fly off a building, through a truck, into a garbage heap, and then flop over, and then go on a freeway in the wrong side of traffic. How do we write the story to make that happen? Yeah. Is that kind of, <laughs> yeah, is that kind of what you guys are doing? It, it is. And now while there is a pretty deep spy plot going on behind it that I think people will enjoy, it's got a lot of twists and turns and um, you know some good reveals that happen and you know double and triple crosses and all that. That is absolutely where it started from. And I actually use that as a case in education about narrative design because a lot of people think a narrative designer is just a game writer, and, and we are. Um, you know, I did write the dialogue and, and the stories and the backstory for it and all that, but it's also how we serve that player experience. So yeah, how it would usually start is tech would go, okay, you know, here are the restrictions or here are the opportunities. Here's a new system we built. And art would go, okay, it needs to be in this environment. So figure out a way to get them in the snowy mountain environment. And game design would go, okay, we've got um, this new gadget or this new transformation mode that we want. And then so it'd be like, okay, those are all my things. How do I make an awesome story about that? So like uh, a level I bring up often because it, um, 
connects these things well. It's one of the side missions is there's a submarine testing a super weapon, the seismic cannon that causes <laughs> earthquakes and avalanches. And so you have to stop it. So the idea is you're going up the mountain to paint the target on it and call in an airstrike. So that gives you a reason to be going up into the mountain environments. Mm -hmm. And then it gives us a reason to use our cool sub boss. Um, and then another boss shows up and you have a battle and, and he explodes and the explosion causes an avalanche. And then you like ride down the avalanche towards oh, uh -huh. the sub, which is a great set piece, but yeah. it also motivates why you're using the sled mode and things like that. So in the moment, it always, I hope, feels natural, feels like the next logical action wow. movie thing to do, but makes the best use of, of what the gameplay assets we have are to really get the best gameplay out of the game. That sounds like so much fun. It does sound fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like to so me, that's much. like an average level. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's not even the crazy level. Now, now with, with uh, games like this, I think one of the most important factors is the soundtrack. Yes. Yes. So uh, can you kind of talk about the soundtrack of what this game has? Yes. Yeah. We have an amazing audio team at PickPock. Um, uh, Jade Martyr, audio director, is great. And Tim Donnan uh, did the music. Actually, I think the whole team collaborated on the soundtrack because we started with something like 10 or 20 original songs. And then as we expanded the game over time, the audio team was like, no, every level needs an individual song. Yeah. So they doubled yeah. the number of original songs. Uh, and yeah, they were a mix of, you know, kind of spy movie jazz and funk and, and action movie beats that pulled you along. Um, the sound effects are great. They would, you know, keep on topic and go off as needed. Like uh, later we introduced a mode where you transform into a plane. Um, and so they have a very like Top Gun inspired score for that. Oh, awesome. And awesome. Um, <laughs> like when you blow up the enemies, you get a very like 60s Batman like horn sting when they blow up. So it gets that like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of kind of music in there that fun. So yeah, with with sound effects uh, and with music, like our team was great. And I think the soundtrack's available too. Like it's just, just a good jamming track. Man, I. I'm actually really excited to play this now because I've not played this yet and I cannot wait to play this. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. super fun um, and and it's very much like bite-sized chunks. So there's a story mode that takes you through in a few chapters, but there's also side missions, but there's also uh, for the high score chasers, we wanted that. So every level also has a high score mode where you're just trying to chain your combos together. I can talk about the combo system later if you want. And then we also have time trials and target practice and some secret unlockables as well. Yeah, I would say let's talk about the combos because that's a, that's a good factor on that because the game I think of when you're talking about this it makes me think of uh, you replace split second. No, but that was a reference some other people, uh, yeah. uh, the designers and the level designers did refer yeah, to. Yeah, so, and they had a very unique combo system, so I would love to hear as it comes to Yeah, so uh, one of the pillars that I think helped make the game good was, you know, a lot of games will have experience pillars, what we're going for, was uh, everyone should feel like a super spy, but only a few can be elite. So the super spy angle helped us make those decisions of the crazy set pieces, but then the only a few being elite is the score chase mode. So the idea is you, um, every time you do a cool thing, so there are point pickups that you get, destroy an enemy, but also stunts like, over a ramp or drift or you know take down an enemy in a cool way do an air shot um, you know kill them with the environment you you get a bonus um, and they keeps your combo going so you just get a building multiplier so you know you get x hundred points for each thing but also you get times two times three and in some levels you can get like a hundred times multiplier wow. so if you're playing it for a skill you're actually trying to make sure that you're every two seconds or whatever the timer is you're doing a cool thing so you're driving for the point pickups you know you're firing a missile to take out the enemy you're looking ahead at the at the terrain you can use to do stunts and so it's the the best way to get a high score is to keep your combo alive through the entire level or an entire set piece so hopefully it gives it some replayability um and yeah it keeps you focused in the moment to moment mike that's fun can you do 100 times you think sure <laughs> i believe i'll throw this challenge to you every level is different but uh, the level designer for the final level in the campaign mode you can get over a 200 times multiplier it's the longest level in the game so uh -huh. if you don't drop it you can get over 200 so uh -huh. that would put you on the top of the leaderboards 
So what you have to, what he's saying is you have to do that. <laughs> yeah, so I will, I'll set some time aside. Yeah. <laughs> play it once go. for the story first. That's what we really want is you, is you play it once to be in the moment, to experience the story and the set pieces. Also why we added voice acting to go back to um, the, the audio to really help both uplift the story but keep you in the moment. And then play again for, you know, the high score chasing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you, you knock the story out, and then afterwards you have plenty of time to explore. And, exactly. And beat your own records and whatnot, right? Yeah. Yeah. What other um, games have, have Pickpock done that, that, that are out there? Yeah, we have a pretty big portfolio. So Pickpock started a while ago um, actually doing ports for consoles by our founders. We've been around for 25 years. Yeah. Um, but we were one of the early adopters in mobile games. So we kind of pivoted to mobile games uh, well before I came on and early on, which helped give us a, a solid base to build from. So that's why we've been around for a while. But we're pretty diversified now. So some of our biggest are uh, the Rival Star series, our old games, Rival Stars Basketball and College Football, or like uh, card and character collection uh, sports games. Uh, our big one now is Rival Stars Horse Racing, which is like the premier um, horse ranching, breeding, riding game. So horse enthusiasts really love that game, and it's it's top of the pack, and that's one of our more popular ones. Tens of millions of downloads. Uh, Into the Dead series we're known for, the zombie runners and shooters. Yeah, so early great. on in the runner genre, we innovated that by adding the shooting mechanics. Um, so the Into the Dead series is still going strong, and uh, we just actually released that on the Netflix games platform, along with Shatter, our old uh, famous breakout clone that we took Breakout and cranked it up to 11. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a few more games in development, hoping to launch um, a PC game next year and a couple more uh, free-to-play mobile games later this year. Wow. Uh, I had to ask about the, uh, the horse, the horse, what's it called again, sorry? Rival Stars Horse Racing. Horse Racing. I've always wanted to play a horse racing game. I obviously should check nice. that one out, right? Yeah, yeah, you should. It, it's great. Um, we actually like worked with uh, riders to motion cap all the horses. So we have like bar none the best horse models in the industry. So you know, ranching and breeding and horse enthusiasts uh, really like it. And we also have a pretty good competitive race game too that brings a lot of people in Whoa. for the live events on the racing. And they go together. You breed horses for better stats in racing, but you can also get rare coats and get them cooler looking. And no horses are harmed during the making yes, of this game. Yes, exactly. Right? Right. Wow. Honestly, that's very important, though. We really yeah. want to let people know that, because, yeah, horse racing, there can, there can be some difficulties with that. So right. we really try and make sure to portray a positive environment and, and foster care for horses. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, OK. I want to be a horse racer now. I mean, yeah. Like, we should get our own horse, and then we should, like, you know. <laughs> let's, get a, let's get a car first. <laughs> let's get a car first. And ride an avalanche down a mountain, and then we'll talk about a horse together. <laughs> oh, no. We get the horse, and we go yeah. down, down the mountain. That's what we do. Oh, there's a mashup. Have an action game where you're just on a horse, like, doing all these things. Like it's like a robot horse. <laughs> there you go. That, that's with, like, jets and shit. Oh, that was also one of our games. I forgot. We partnered with Adult Swim for a long time, so Robot Unicorn Attack is also a pickpocket. Oh, game. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that game, too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Rick. We really appreciate everything you've told us about the game we're excited to to play it I yeah think our audience will be very excited to hear about it mike do you have anything else well i think i've said it all i mean if you can get the horse though to drive the car <laughs> down that oh, yeah we're gonna go that little ultimate mashup i think that's the that's i look the forward to your guys reaction please play through the whole story and if you're not like if you don't have a silly grin on your face the whole time, uh, I'll refund your money. Oh, oh good. Oh, oh. oh good. I, need, I do need money. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Pickpock. I'm going to bill that to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rick. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thanks, take Rick. care. All right. Uncle Dad here. Uh, we are back uh, doing a little wrap-up of day two. Uh, we are chilling outside of the AMC Metreon, which a long time ago was the Sony Metron here in San Francisco, California. We just got done doing some fun things. We were um, we did some VR. 
We interviewed a lot of people today. Mm -hmm. We uh, what else did we do? We did a session. Yeah. And it was it was fun. So let's talk about, uh, let's just talk about uh, your day. So let's start off at the top. You went to one session today? I did. So what I, session was that? I decided to go to a technical artist summit that focused on the human perception of motion. Okay. I, I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. So I decided to go there and it was a lot more in depth than I, than I imagined. Like I saw technical artists and I was like, yeah, you know, it's probably going to be like pretty technical, but it was like the... Um, the speaker really went into like the eye and like even went in depth into like the cells and like how they like worked, I guess, which was really interesting. You told me off mic, you said that it was kind of like a, what's the word before, like an anatomy class almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it just because it was very much in depth or a little too much in depth? Um, I don't think it was too much in depth, but like for me, obviously just like. You know, for someone who's curious, it might be a bit too much. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did it do anything for you for developing? Like, did, if you were a developer, do you think you would gain anything from it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think for, as a developer, you have, like, a broader understanding of human perception. Okay. What is human perception? Um, it's just how you see things, I guess. The okay. best way is how you perceive or, like, how you see everything around you, the motions around you, how okay. your eye takes it in us, I guess. Now, you talked about the eye a lot when you yeah. brought it up. Yeah. Did they dis dissect like what the eye does or no? They, yeah, they did to the cell. Okay. That part, I didn't really understand. <laughs> okay. So you can't explain that. <laughs> no, I can't. Okay. But I did want you to tell me about the uh -huh. video thing you watched. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. So, you know, there was, it wasn't really a video though. The speaker was like, just look at this picture and then see what is like, you know, what's out of place in this room. And so I was just like looking at the picture and I was like, I don't, I don't know what's out of place. And then later he was like, did you know that there was actually a two scenes that like was like, the room was basically moving and- The room in this image? In the picture, Okay. in the video, I guess. Okay. It was moving, but I didn't even realize that until he did like a side by side comparison of like the two scenes interesting yeah huh i don't know i don't i don't know maybe i don't really know why i didn't notice it it's so weird it's like it's so trippy now what about um what about like if, if you make it seem like you went to like a class uh-huh because you're you were getting a lecture i yeah well, it was, That's it was what a lecture. Like? Okay. oh yeah yeah did you mention who who held it yeah so the speaker was sergey savenchko okay who is part of Bethesda Game Studios. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, we all know what Bethesda made, right? They made games such as? I actually... <laughs> all the gamers are just like, how does she not know? I, I Two of probably the biggest games ever made. <laughs> I just stepped my foot into the game world. And you're already at GDC. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> um, so the two big games that they're really known for is Elder Scrolls, uh-huh. Which I'm sure you know. Yeah. And Fallout. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know Fallout. Okay, gotcha. They didn't start with them originally, but they now oversee it. And so Fallout 3 and 4, and they published the New Vegas one. Oh. Uh, yeah, and then, um, what else? And then obviously all the Elder Scrolls again. Gotcha. So yeah, they've been around They've been around for a while. Uh -huh. um, they're a great, they're a great uh, company for sure. Uh, I'm sure, it, was it a full house or no? Um, it was pretty packed. Not a okay. full house, but it was pretty packed. Okay, close though. Huh? Close to being full? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. 
All right. So now, after that, we have an interview. Um, you know, you'll, you'll hear that interview later, but mm -hmm. we'll just say it was pretty fascinating. Yeah. We actually had a whole series of interviews. Yep. So we're definitely not going to go into that because that'll be uh, for the episode itself. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what we just did. We just did VR. Mm -hmm. You attempted at least. Yeah, I was really confused. So what's interesting about that is that she didn't, uh, Hyun here, has never tried VR. <laughs> yeah, no. And what was funny is I forgot about that. <laughs> so when I had said, oh yeah, she's going to play it. Oh, she's going to be the one to do it. And then we're going to, she's going to recap with me. But the thing is, I forgot and she was struggling. You yeah, were struggling yeah. Oh hard. Oh my God. I was so confused. You seemed a little embarrassed almost. Really? Yeah. Oh no. I was just like <laughs> taken aback because I was, I didn't realize it'd be, I'd be that confused. That involved? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, I mean, I guess, what did you see from it? What did you get from it? Like, what did you feel from it? Like, um, did you like the colors? I mean, yeah, I like the colors. It's just, it was a whole other experience, I guess. Okay. A lot more, I don't know. It felt more real than my car. Like more, okay. what do you call it? You're more yeah. one with the game. There you go. You feel more connected to the game, right? Yeah. I guess that's what you're yeah. saying, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, what I found interesting is that this game is done by what company? Oh, it's called, it's by Alchemy Labs. And that's O L O D U. Yeah, owl as yeah. the as the bird, right? Bird, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we got to try it out. Unfortunately, we didn't get to meet with the developers, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we got to try the game out. The game was called Cosmonious High. Yep. Uh, this is a follow-up from the other games, such as Job Simulator, uh, Vacation Simulator, and then I can't remember the other ones. They had like a Rick and Morty one. A Rick and Morty one, yeah. that's probably, yeah. And then they also did uh, Synapsis, I think it was, or Sycorus, Sycorus. Uh, yeah, so they had some pretty cool ideas, games, and uh, we gotta check this out. This, okay, so now, when it, imagine if you will, like a creature-driven or alien-driven, but cutesy-looking high school game where you're a student, but you're kind of helping them out because you have magical powers. Mm. That's what you essentially do. So what's really cool is that your hands you get more powers in the full game, but the version we played, in your hands itself, you have three powers. Uh, you have crystals, you have water, and you have ice. But each hand can do it itself. Mm -hmm. So if you want one hand to be ice, one hand to be water, then whatever it is, that you can do that. But what's really wonderful is that you can combine the two powers by using both your hands. So you can do like, you know, combining water and then your ice. And then what does that create? It creates, instead of like a water, a waterfall or like a... Uh, snow whatever you can now throw um ice cubes mm. so you kind of you try the different combinations consistently to make a different uh thing so it's really fascinating that um it's all about combinations all about mm -hmm. trying things out and yeah. then, like these little creatures need help so you help the creatures out that kind of thing but it still has a sense of humor mm -hmm. like job simulator and whatnot so clearly you can see that i took over and i started playing yeah and uh it was it was fun uh i don't know what the mrsp is but we're, we're going to get a copy to try out. So once we get that copy, I will report back with that. I think as a whole, though, it's going to be a great game. But the thing is, they said it wasn't for kids. But I feel like it could be still. So. I don't know. It's just me. Kids as in, like, what age? I guess everybody's a kid to me, right? So <laughs> everybody's like, they has a kid. <laughs> no, I would say that uh, probably, like, uh, like uh, I don't know, 13 to 16. Because it wasn't, it didn't seem adult. So no, it yeah. didn't seem too adult. So I don't, I don't know, but uh, but it is available. It's going to be available on March thirty first. Mm -hmm. So by the time this airs, this should that should already have been out, 
and uh, it will include. Um, it will be only on the sorry. It'll only be on the Oculus Quest Two, mm -hmm. and then Steam, Steam VR. VR yeah. That's the only things that'll be on for right now. Possibly later other formats, but mm -hmm. right now that's it. Um, but I, I definitely think if it's under, I don't know how big the game is. So let's say if it's a fairly large game, I would say under thirty bucks, under thirty dollars. I think yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you don't know you didn't play it. I've touched it. Oh, you did. I did get a really cute uh, stuffy, stuffed animal out of it. One of the characters, they made a bunch of stuffed animals and I was able to take one, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, but all in all, how has been your experience for day two? Um, it was a lot better than I expected. Why do you think it would, think it would be bad? I mean, I didn't think it would be bad. It's just better than I expected. You know what I mean? Oh, so you thought today Above was going to be... Today was going to be good. Yes. But it became even better. Exactly. Wow. Yep. You hear that, guys? You got me. How young needs that on a shirt? <laughs> Life is good, but some days it can be better than expected. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, but yes, so tomorrow, uh, well, at this point, when you hear it, it already had happened, but uh, day three will have consist of more interviews, mm -hmm. which will be in its episode itself. Uh, all right. Any last words? No. All right. We'll see everybody in a little bit. Talk to you then. Bye.